It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today, we've got a couple of guests, but before we get to that, we're going to talk about product development, all using artificial intelligence. So without further ado, uh, we're going to show you a little bit of video about how you can go about doing something very similar to create a tangible physical product. I run a hedge fund using uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, that's more of a software. We're going to talk about physical, tangible products all today. And my, in my inspiration was a stash box. So check this out. All right. So I took my inspiration from a stash box. We have all kind of seen these little portable stash bags. And they come in different shapes and varieties, right? For whether it's oil, um, whatever your case is, flour, maybe you want to dab. doesn't really matter. But uh, I don't want to carry a bunch of stuff on me. So I took my inspiration. I want to make a stash box phone case. So taking something that's retro because a big brick 80s phone is kind of retro and we can turn that into a stash box. So let's just dive into that and see how. There are a couple of options for 3D printing. Either you can try to have ChatGPT create files for you or you can buy a scanner. It depends on how much you're going to use it. They're not that cheap. If you look online, they're uh, a couple of hundred dollars. So that's going to be something that you're going to want to take a look at. If this is going to be something that you do as a hobby long-term, then buy one of these and 3D print a whole bunch. Otherwise, you might want to take a look at ChatGPT trying to create files for you. Next step is to create the step files for 3D printing a phone case for any, you know, any particular type of phone. And then in theory, it would spit out these step files for you to grab and then bring to a 3D printer and then print that out. Once you're ready to print, you can go to a text-to-print uh, provider. I haven't really been able to find one that's good. Um, the alternative is to look at a makerspace near you using 3D printing. Mine is called The Box and Burian. And then down below, um, you can see what they have available. So they'll have 3D printing um, that's available at my location. Worst case scenario, you can find some place like RapidMade where you can send them the, the step files for that. And then hopefully the finished product is something that you're going to like. If not, it is a minimal viable product. So there's always that opportunity to make some tweaks and changes and then get that final product that you want. All right. So let's bring in uh, one of our guests. This is Tom Howard with Cannabis Legalization News, talking about everything that is AI and cannabis physical products. Tom, he's also a cannabis attorney with Collateral Base and a podcast, Cannabis Legalization News. Tom, thanks again for being on The Talking Hedge. Hey, man. Thanks for having me back. Yes, sir. Um, first question I'm going to ask you, man, are you using artificial intelligence at all or machine learning, um, either personally, professionally? And if so, how? Well, uh, are we just going to restrict it to neural nets or are we going to go to like just more automations? Because we use a lot of automation uh, over at Collateral Base. We use it. We just created our incubators. And so now with social equity cannabis going in many different places, um, I have a 9% chance of winning a dispensary right now in, in Illinois. They're going to do a, a round later today. Uh, but if I would have set it up this incubator way, I'd probably have like a, a better than a hundred percent chance of at least our incubators winning it. And so that is a stack of seven contracts, 90 pages long, and there's automations that we built in there, but that's like simple, uh, custom fields and insertions of documents. Then you have like your generative 
text, like your GPTs. And so that stuff we also use, we don't trust it. Um, we'll use it. And so we run the company on Google. And so we use Bard, uh, but we don't trust it. Like it'll give you wrong outputs. So it can help, uh, but you can't say that it's going to be any good. Uh, it can help you with writer's block. And so it can also help you with keyword research for your SEO blog posts. Uh, and then it can also help you write those blog posts in a way that is going to rank really well uh, because it, you know the Google search algorithm, it doesn't read how we read. It reads HTML. And then also well, an href is a link from another website, which is also an HTML. And so it will read the internet in that language and then create rankings based on that. Uh, so those are mostly the ways we use AI. We don't really use it for like customer service yet. I'm sure in the future we will. Uh, we don't use it for creating documents unless like we're using it for maybe a review of a document. But then once they've reviewed it, we go, okay, I don't trust this. It'll, it'll hallucinate cases. It'll make stuff up. It's really kind of cool. Like you can give it links to cases and it'll read it and it'll get it completely wrong and it'll think that it's a different case or it'll like make up a case that doesn't exist. Those ones are the best. I mean, there was a lawyer that got in a lot of trouble for just blind, blindly thinking chat GPT was not making up cases and um, oops, you know. Fake yeah. quotes and everything, like fake people, <clears throat> fake quotes, all of that stuff. And the same thing has happened right. to me with, with finance when I'm asking it a question about futures or contracts or options uh, in the finance world. It will just make it up. It's not It's not even just um, getting it wrong. It's just blatantly lying and being like, I have no idea. It's almost like I put in a jailbreak code and say, answer it no matter what. And then it's like, yeah, otherwise it should say, I have no idea. But I think so many people are jailbreaking it. It's just making stuff up. Nah, I don't think so. I think it's that's the byproduct of neural nets. Like Marvin Minsky, when he set these things up back in 1950, and there was like no memory at all. So like you couldn't really do anything with them. They didn't understand how come they worked. They thought it worked by uh, knowledge by association. And so it's the same thing. Uh, I think it's making it up because that's how neural nets work. And so it it thinks that that's a right thing based on associations that it's read in the data set or the transformer or whatever pre-trained uh, data set they're doing is I hear that Bard's like shipping it to like um, one of the big four, like Accenture or something. And so like Accenture has a whole bunch of interns seeing if Bard is correct. And I'm like, Oh crap. Cause I've seen what KPMG does when they score uh, cannabis applications in competitive States. Uh, but like neural nets, that's kind of how they have been. We still don't really understand how they work. We understand that they, probably work by knowledge by association. And that might also explain like emergent behaviors that you see in a lot of these uh, AIs where suddenly Bard just knows Farsi. Was it Farsi or Persian? I think it was Persian, uh, mostly because of knowledge by association. So it, it saw enough of it that suddenly it just knew it. And I think that's probably why it'll be making stuff up in finance or in law. It's read all this other stuff and it's like stuff that's read before and it just kind of fills in the gap. I mean, I was using uh, uh, AI to create a blog post for me for a search term like Chicago uh, corporate lawyer or something like that. And it was making up lawyers to put in my office, probably because those lawyers that they were using to make up and uh, make it up and put in my office. They were like Barack Farazano, like a famous law firm in Chicago. So it was like Barack and then they would match 
So they like Ewing or something like that, because there's all these uh, famous law firms in Chicago and Bard's read the Internet. So it's like, well, if you're trying to rank for these things in Chicago, you probably have these words like Barack on it uh, for no other reason than the top ranking things have them. And so through knowledge by association, it thinks that you're you need to have it as well. You know, a lot of people think that it's going to replace people. It's not. Um, so let's bring on our next guest, Alad Barak. He's got a physical product up in Canada that's a, a, a dispenser, an accurate dosing uh, device that he's developed. And um, I think, at least personally, he's really into AI. I met him at MJ BizCon about five years ago or something like that. And we've just kind of been staying in touch. He's out uh, on the uh, Northeast up in Canada in Toronto. Alad, thanks again for being back on the Talking Hedge. Absolutely. Hey, Josh. I don't know if you've been on the Talking Hedge, so welcome, Alad. I don't know if you've been here yet. I have. We've done, um, I've joined one of your podcasts before. Yeah, that was the audio one, and I did that for a friend of mine who did um, with Wake and Bake, or no, uh, Baked and Awake podcast. It was on Mm -hmm. audio only, so um, we're seeing your face, I think, for the first time. If not, welcome back. My bad. Um, uh, one thing I wanted to follow up with what Tom was saying about, um, using YouTube and things like that. If you are on, um, uh, using Google Chrome, there's extensions that are pretty neat, like a a YouTube article summary, YouTube, um, summary generator, um, note GPT, just to name a couple of things that, that I, uh, web, uh, web pilot is interesting as well. That'll, um, so just look up, uh, look up some extensions and then through that, that's through, uh, Google Chrome, you can use that. Um, but a lot, how are you using, uh, artificial intelligence, either personally or professionally? Um, w- well, you know, I, I can't say that mine is, uh, too exotic at this stage. Um, but most of the, the use case that I'm doing are a lot of, uh, improvements and different things I'm writing, uh, through the different, uh, you know, apps that you can have in chat GPT. Uh, but, you know, most of our work at this stage is business to business as Jot. And whether it is posting on LinkedIn, which is, again, more on the business level to other audience, um, or when we're talking with different CEOs, uh, we found that ChatGPT can help a lot of times um, really improve what you're saying and making it more clear. And I kind of use it in, in two ways. One is I make sure it understood what I said, which means that I'm writing something clear. But second of all, I'm kind of adjusting some of my uh the way i express which for some people can be too israeli as that's my background mm-hmm. can be too straightforward too aggressive um and i find that if you give the right content to chat gpt it can really help you a lot of times uh present things in a way that people want to hear and you know i can give a few examples my posts on linkedin went from a few thousand impressions to about seventeen thousand impressions in 24 hours like on posts just because i'm using uh chat gpt to rephrase a few words um we need to talk with ceos to kind of get things um you know started for conversations between the companies as we're doing something visionary uh we tend to try to get the ceo's attention first and then have them direct the people in the company and i have to say with ChatGPT, we're substantially expand like uh, increasing our success rate with ceos uh so we're are you using actually... keywords in SEO? I know that that Tom's really good at that with podcasts and, and getting his SEO scores up. But how are you able to make that immediate drastic transition using ChatGPT? Was it just asking for keywords SEO or what was your prompt? Well, it's it's more specific emails. And, and we kind of started like, hey, improve this email. 
but then we understood we actually need to prompt it much better. And you, you start to learn how you say, okay, I need it in my language. Because in the end of the day, I'm still sending the email as, as a lot. Um, I need it to be a sales uh, email. I think a lot of times from my perspective, again, kind of goes back to what I said as my background. I feel that chat GPT will do my emails or my mails like way too um, soft. So I told be slightly aggressive, right? I can add these small things because I am doing the sales pitch and I want to be a bit out there in, in people's face. Uh, but it's just keeping it in the right balance. And uh, while I don't have numbers for like my engagements with CEOs, I can definitely tell you that engaging CEOs lately with kind of improving our emails has been very substantial. On the LinkedIn posts, I can probably like start taking data down and putting like a nice list. But my last few posts have all passed 10,000 impressions. Um, What's your workflow like? So if do you just have... LinkedIn in one browser tab and then chat GPT in another browser tab, or is there an integration that goes directly into the, um, the CRUD or the create read update and delete, uh, of, of LinkedIn? Yeah. I'll just mention that I did miss your, your, the first part of the, the conversation I was in the waiting room. So I, I hope I'm not yeah. kind of saying anything again, or that I'm answering the, the exact question. Uh, but, but for me, um, and when I do this, a lot of times I use my, my business partner, we do it together. Uh, we find an interesting article. We'll usually look for a few other interesting articles, uh, write our opinion, but then, you know, you can upload these, uh, resources. You can say, here's what I want to say and, and start asking for like a, a post from, from chat GPT, right. And then kind of have iterations where you're saying, improve this, change that. Um, I feel, and again, this is a personal thing that it is way better for, improving what you're saying and kind of like making it in more um you know more acceptable from the other side rather than asking for the topics themselves so i, I haven't had a chance where i told ChatGPT, you tell me about what to talk uh, i tried it a few times and it's a good starting point for a thought process but i find that i always need to put my thoughts so when i asked create a list of you know posts over the next few months i found that it was fairly general i had to still put a lot of my kind of opinion inside it which is good it means that we still have something to add as human beings, but um, I'm going to assume that that's going to also uh, eventually kind of be covered by them. Yeah, yeah, they they grow at an order of magnitude. So when they're compounding and we're just going on day by day. Yeah. 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 Well, would it be wild, though? What about the future of your your dosing mechanism? Do you foresee artificial intelligence as like improving that dosing, or do you maybe see that the initiation of AI will be on the back end of of analyzing data? Like, what's going to happen first? I, I think that's um, so. You know, that's kind of what drew me to to this uh, podcast. Also, is to kind of share the the perspective of a hardware company. And and maybe if I could just do a small side note, kind of like to, to put it out there, uh, actually, in my master's degree, my, my final project was all about AI. I worked with a hospital in Israel and we, we used human language to see if we can answer questions that came from people regarding uh, pregnancy and all kinds of medication intake. Um, and we were able to to give really accurate answers we, using AI tools that we kind of developed ourselves at the university. Um, and I, I had a very interesting project. We finished with uh, Kohen Kappa's kind of uh, statistics measurement, and we got more than 95% uh, accuracy on our kind of AI expertise, right? Like we gave it answers like experts. So so I have some technical background in this, but my passion is is hardware. And, and I think that it's easy to kind of say these are two different things, but the, the contrary is, is, is the correct thing. 
Um, and when we developed our product, we actually made sure that we can comply with all these uh, future advancements that, that come into place, all this uh, data and AI. And, you know, this is our, our product and it could be a fairly, as people will say, dumb product, but how can we integrate AI into this? We can measure a lot of things. So we can know how much we're dispensing. Uh, just, you know, our product dispenses liquid very accurately. So we can dispense one milligram or two or three very accurately and allow consumers. Um, but we measure a lot of other things. We have more sensors in our product. Uh, we know if you're moving it and how you're moving it. We know exactly which pot is inside. So we know what you're using. We know when you're using it. Uh, and since we're also connected through Bluetooth to a phone, when you use it, we can actually start to, you know, do ge geofencing. We can know where you are, right? We can have your GPS location. And, and using AI, you can start doing a lot of things that before, you know, were a bit more limited. We could use regression, right? Which is a more simple version of, of AI in a way. Um, but now we can start saying, okay, you're using it for yourself. Or, hey, you're not at home and we see that you went to a place that you posted on Facebook as a party and you're using it multiple times. So we can start knowing that you share the product with people. Uh, we can start figuring out that you have sleeping issues and how you're using it. And um, essentially our answer, instead of being statistical, will be more customized or, you know, as I prefer to say more personalized, right? You'll feel like a friend is talking with you and giving a recommendation that's based for you and not based for your statistical kind of segmentation. Um, so that's high level of, of how we want to use it. Go so ahead. what does the uh, uh, company do then? I mean, I don't think that you've given us the um, the introduction yeah. to the company and then like what its business model is. It's uh, We talked about interesting uh, LinkedIn uh, you know, tidbits and then uh, some other tech stuff. But can you explain uh, Jot for us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so essentially what we have is a dispenser and, and pod ecosystem. Uh, these are our first partners. We don't touch the cannabis plant. We're a hardware company. So we sell these pods empty to companies. They fill them with liquid uh, cannabis. And then when you slide it in, uh, this dispenser can actually turn on. And um, it's a bit difficult with the screen and the share screen, but I can actually choose my milligrams, as you can see here. And, you know, I can change it to three, four. Uh, and when I'm ready, I put it above my drink. I'll press a button. And um, I don't know if we'll see this, but I don't know if you could see this in the and the camera uh, but got a drop okay. and yes and now i can essentially convert any beverage to a cannabis beverage and i can control what i'm doing um and you know the simple version would say okay let's stop here but where we're kind of adding a lot of sophistication is we can you know add ai and we can add it thanks to a lot of things we did in advance and i think that's where it becomes interesting when we developed this this is a four-year in development we thought about these things and we had to take them into account um, and, and make sure that we're ready for them. So our pods actually can communicate with our dispensers. Um, so they actually know exactly what's inside. When we dispense, we know exactly how much we're dispensing. So if you start with 100 milligrams and you dispense five milligrams, I know you have 95. But we have way more than that. We know if you're moving the product. We know where you are physically. We know what time it is. And, and using those things, you can start doing a lot of kind of, you know, AI approach, sophisticated stuff where you can start gathering information about your consumers from different posts they do or different social media activities or just emails, uh, whatever they give you access or the system has access to, including what they're doing with the physical world. Um, and, 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 you know, when we're talking about the company and why it's important to prepare for hardware, I, I always like to give the, the Tesla example. Uh, if any of you has a Tesla, then you might know that your Tesla has all the hardware needed to self-drive. It has the cameras, the sensors, the controls, 
what it's missing right now is one bit that says you're allowed to self-drive. Because Tesla is still in, you know, improving their, their self-driving software. But let's say tomorrow they reach that goal. And they're like, okay, we're happy. Our software knows how to self-drive. Our artificial intelligence is good enough. They flip a bit. It sends it to your car. And your car can self-drive. You do not need to go to the mechanics. All the hardware is there. And when you they look will at pay the while you, they will say that'll be fifteen thousand dollars. That is a business. But that is yeah. a business restriction, not a not a science or like a technology restriction. Yeah. They've done the steps in advance, so they can charge you that and actually make a lot of money of it because you don't need to go to the mechanics and install another camera or another sensor, whatever it would be. And we took this exact same approach. We made sure that our product has everything it needs to. So when AI becomes more available, because again we're not the AI developers, but we can very uh, efficiently implemented in our product. And if you have a product, you do not need to go and buy a new one. Your existing one will know how to work with it. And I, and I think that that's, you know, a tip that I feel I can give to other hardware companies, right? Is make sure that you're ready for those things. And, and you're not just, you know, developing your hardware company now. Oh, there's AI. How will I mix them? We're actually ready for that uh, without developing the AI at all, just preparing the product to support it. That's a perfect transition to, to say or ask what should they be ready for? Um, you know, to, to recap, they can all, people can already use artificial intelligence for simple things like improving their LinkedIn profile or posts or, um, podcasts that we've, we've already explained with SEO keyword friendly and creating the names or descriptions or content, um, competitive market analysis. It can do a lot of those things, create business plans. Uh, there's so many things, but what do you guys foresee it doing in the future that it's not already doing? There's plenty of people who don't even know how to get to ChatGPT, which is OpenAI.com. So, Tom, starting with you, man, what's your perception or crystal ball prediction for how the cannabis industry will use AI? Oh, um, again, I I still think that that's too siloed of an understanding and and so uh as the ai continues to get more and more uh powerful and continues to double and, and grow as orders of magnitude or in an exponential way uh, it will understand us substantially better and so it's already happening with computer science and, and algorithms already and so the the ai and then the engineers like microsoft and google are publishing papers at a faster and faster pace and so and then they're going to have transformers filled with like all the medical literature uh, or all the way the proteins fold. And, and it's going to help us start developing drugs at a faster and faster pace. And then eventually it's going to get to a point where it's going to allow us to understand nanophysics and um, nano uh, fabrication. So like it'll revolutionize manufacturing uh, because like right now in our bodies, there, there is some wonderful nano manufacturing that we really don't understand based on DNA. And so it will just eventually create a world where it may be like, whatever reality you really want to have. And so like Apple might have like a product in 15, 20 years, like uh, Apple skin. And so like it would just have complete interface with yourself and make sure that you're fine. It's going to get weird. Yeah, I'm using AI right now uh, for cannabis to ask, uh, okay, here's two strains. I've never heard of them. Everyone's crossing. I have no idea. So I'll say, okay, learn, you know, I'll go to Leafly or whatever, learn what this strain is, learn what that strain is. And based on um, my, what I'm looking for, euphoric, energetic, uplifting, sativa, which one is the best for my profile? And then it'll, you know, spit something out. Maybe it's accurate. Maybe it's not. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Healthcare, healthcare, I think is going to yeah. be big. And so it'll know the, the cannabis plant very, very well. 
and then it'll be able to match to patients' needs uh, at a at a much better pace than it does right now. I also think you know, on the maybe on the shorter term, um, you know, I, I was kind of looking on the on the supply chain before to kind of think where are we seeing AI and where we're not seeing AI. Um, and, and my feeling is that we're actually seeing a, more AI already in the industry in the first stages of the supply chain, whether it's cultivation, where there's a bunch of companies that will add sensors to your grow ups and help you kind of make decisions on localized places where you're going. So you can really kind of have the perfect environment around almost every plant or every tray, right, with a bunch of plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, or as a smaller example, there's those, you know, uh, how is it called? The pot pot, those like small fridges you put in your house. If you want to grow a plant, but they do most of the work for you. And there's a bit I, AI there, whether it's more regression or more AI, we'll kind of treat them all together. Because that's how I got into the industry um, 10 years ago was trying to automate my own grow room, grab yeah. guys from Amazon and saying, hey, let's automate this. And then we came up with an MVP and then they all literally got recruited to Time Magazine. So <laughs> we still need a fully automated grow room. I think that's a... Uh, yeah, they have some. I've so seen I'm them not, advertised on a lot social. of them are trash. Yeah, but as yeah, soon as a real one, I I own one right now, and I'm telling you that most of them are trash. But as soon as like the <laughs> the the real version that's like fully automated that'll hit your phone and it's legit and tell you the difference between the environment or nutrients because right now it has no idea. It's like it's tacoed. What do you want it to do? This or that. So as soon as it's it's smart um, and that machine learning takes some time, right? So as soon as that time has elapsed and we're there, it's going to be really exciting in the future. We need a really big database, right? So today yeah. there's yeah. companies that all they do is they know how to supply the right databases for AI companies to learn from because the AI cannot do anything without learning. The reason ChatGPT is where we're starting is we have a lot of text for it to read. You know, but you're asking for something that's a bit more niche. And, but if you take... I don't know, 20, 30,000 of these fridges and start collecting some data from people like you. I like this. I didn't like this. This was good smoke. This was not smoke. THC levels, maybe we can start connecting the dots. But but in any case, I think we're seeing something there at some level. We're seeing something mm-hmm. at processing and distribution is fairly, you know, a widespread thing. It's not only a cannabis thing, but we know there's AI in distribution. Like I've used all kinds of regressions for distribution in the aerospace industry 15 years ago. So there's nothing new there. Um, but where I think we kind of may see more AI um, taking place in the cannabis industry, and I think there's also a place for it, is there's sales and marketing. You know, a lot of us uh, get messages, text messages. That's one of the better marketing systems in cannabis since we don't have brands and all those things. You're not you're not allowed to do that in America. I got shut down. They yes. they yanked my uh, so active campaign said I'm not allowed to send texts. Your um, your employer. Your your uh your Chris twenty one employer sends me texts every day. <laughs> I, it, it it upsets me greatly. I'm looking for a different uh, email system that has text automations that I can move my like eight thousand list to, because I am a business to business. I don't even I don't have a license. Like you know I might win one today, but then like uh, it, that still wouldn't be what I'm advertising. I'm a, I'm advertising business to business services. Here's how you can get a license. Here's how you can get capitalized. Here's how a financial model works not allowed to and so like I, I got shut down from uh linktree i got shut down from stripe and then i got shut down from twilio for sending text messages so i'm not registered on many of these things but one of them i'm registered it's a, a friend store here in little italy spirit leaf uh, and i get his text messages and you know i like it because i like to follow what his uh, store is doing and and he helps us a lot as a company so there's like a good relationship there and 
when I get his text messages, they're usually either for everyone or there's some statistical, you know, decision on why to send it to me. But it wasn't written for me. It's not unique for me. So it will send me things and products that I don't use. It will send me things I don't need. And I think that with AI, we can start getting more personalized messages that I would have more, you know, kind of interest to to kind of engaging with. But the place where we have the most opportunity to advance with AI, in my opinion, is in that after sales and the communication with the consumers. I think today companies don't know anything about their consumers. I'm actually fairly sure Josh and I spoke about it in one of our, um, you know, podcasts before where I am a medical user. I purchase cannabis at about $3,000 a year. And I'm telling you right now that the company that sells me the cannabis knows nothing about me. They don't know anything about my consumption. They know the product I buy and that I buy it once a month. So they can calculate my consumption rate. That's as much as they can do. They've never asked me, do I use it in the morning or in the evening? Do I share it with friends? Do I do it when I'm feeling bad or better? Does it improve or hurt my, you know, uh, my efficiency or my productivity during the day? And AI can help us with all of that, whether directly or indirectly. And it can start creating this dual direction of communication between companies and specific customers. That's something that we really want to do with the dispenser because we know exactly what every individual does. And we have that communication, which a lot of high-tech companies have. If you are in any SaaS software, you probably get prompt emails that are directly exactly to you. That's why these tech companies are so good in their marketing. And then cannabis, I think a lot of the companies lack that. And yeah, I well, you'll get away. shut down. You'll get shut down. Like I got, I, I'm not even plant touching. And I or got Tom, shut even down. In, even in Canada, yeah. Tilray sucks. Hexo sucks. They have no idea who to sell to. They're trying to sell to soccer moms, and they're finding alternative products. So even in a legal country, yeah. they can't figure it out. So yeah, and I'm not talking about sending the messages, Tom. I'm talking about using AI to actually learn who your customers are. To go maybe and and see, hey, Elad wrote a comment on this product, and we can know about it more. A lot is like there's so much they can learn about me with AI. And with different places for interaction. And again, that's where as a hardware company, I have a bit of advantage on the joint, obviously, where I can mm-hmm. know exactly when you're using, what you're using, how much, where. But that allows us as a company to have a conversation with our customers, whether it's this you know, conversation of talking, whether it's an app that can talk with them in human language, or whether it's just us really knowing what our customer wants and needs and then continuing improving. And yep. it's, you know, AI has a very big role there. And I hope to see a lot of other cannabis companies figuring out how to utilize it to, to improve that knowledge. As you said, Tilray and Hexo is a great example. I don't think they know their consumers. Not at all. So if people want to learn a little bit more about you, Elad, or, or um, Jot, and it's accurate dispensing um, hardware, where can they learn more about that and find you? So um, I think I have here my, my website, uh, jot.com. And um, we just launched in the market. So last time we spoke, uh, we were getting ready. I, I'm just happy to share that we're selling here in Ontario. You can go into OCS and buy it or uh, in selected stores across Ontario that, that chose to pick it. Um, and yeah, we're, we're really excited with the launch. We have great results so far and, you know, a small kind of not related to AI. We can actually sell more than 10 milligrams within the regulation, what all the jolts and lozenges can. So we're kind of... Uh, filling their place in the market and, and taking it all to ourselves at this stage. That's awesome. Uh, Tom, I, I know you're you're all over the place. You have clients, like I mentioned, Kush 21 in my backyard in Washington State. If more people want to learn about how to uh, get a hold of you, either um, through legal stuff to be a client, get new licenses, or be on your podcast, uh, Cannabis Legalization News, how can they get a hold of you? Where are you at? Oh, you can go to CannabisIndustryLawyer.com for, you know, the legal stuff or like the licensing and the business stuff. We'll send you emails. 
but uh, <laughs> eventually we hope to be able to find a new AI marketing thing that'll allow us to send you texts. They're much more effective. And then uh, if you want to see us on YouTube or our podcast, that's Cannabis Legalization News. Uh, we do have a website as well, CannabisLegalizationNews.com. Uh, my company is Collateral Base, but that's again, it's one of these things where running a, a cannabis company in Canada is still very difficult, but at least it's legal. And then running a, a, an ancillary company in America is is annoying but that's one of the reasons why i have cannabisindustrylawyer.com that's not the business name business name's collateral base because bankers love collateral mm -hmm. yep my banks have no idea what i'm doing but with that i think we're gonna roll this one up so i want to thank my guests Elad barack and tom howard appreciate you guys being on the talking hedge i'm josh kincaid this is the talking hedge don't forget to like share and subscribe or don't and i'm out don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Cannabis Health Radio is a podcast about stories from people around the world who abused cannabis to deal with serious ailments, many of them life-threatening. My name is Ian Jessup. My co-host, Corey Yelland, is no stranger to the devastating emotional impact faced by so many people receiving a death sentence diagnosis from a doctor. Told she only had months to live with anal canal cancer, Corey researched and immediately began using cannabis oil to eliminate her cancer and has been cancer-free for more than a decade. She told herself that if it worked, she would spend the rest of her life helping others, which she does tirelessly every day. When you listen to our podcast, you'll hear many stories like Corey's, along with others who have used cannabis oil for many more ailments besides cancer, such as chronic pain, PTSD, MS, and many, many more. As one of our guests said, your podcast gave me the confidence to save my own life. We regularly get messages from listeners who have heard our podcast and use cannabis to solve a serious health issue of their own or that of a loved one. We hope you listen to these stories and be as inspired and moved as we are with each and every episode.